When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. All right, well, that was pretty cool. And don't forget, tomorrow with two Grey Cup tickets go on sale. There's going to be an event outside Commonwealth Stadium, west side near the rec center entrance from noon to four. I'll be there broadcasting. The Grey Cup will be there if you'd like your picture taken with it or just want to see the good old trophy. And, yeah, Ticketmaster.ca for tickets or get them in person at Commonwealth Stadium starting at two tomorrow. Great to have Commissioner Randy Ambrosi in studio. Thanks for all of you who submitted questions on Twitter or through text. I know I didn't get to uh, all of them, but I'm sure I'll have the chance to talk to Randy again. Obviously, a very uh, open-minded commissioner, and I, I really got the impression that if and when Halifax gets a 10th team, that could set some other things into motion, uh, whether you know it's the structure of the season, maybe the number of games played, moving the Grey Cup a little earlier. Uh, but it's, you know, it sounds like Randy would love to get that 10th team in there in Halifax if it's uh, at all practical. 780-496-0063 is our open line number. You can text 630-630. The email, insidesports at 630chad.com. Always happy to hear from you. I'm always happy to hear from our next guest, former goalkeeper for the Canadian women soccer team, a uh, proud Albertan Stephanie Labbe on the line. Stephanie, how are you doing? I am doing well, thanks. I was uh, thinking of playing the theme song from the old Chevy Chase movie, European Vacation, uh, but I thought maybe that might be too obscure for some of you. But uh, you're you're back from Europe. How was that? I am. It was incredible. Uh, you know, to be in that environment, to witness such a world-class game and, you know, see some of the, the highest and best soccer players in the world um, play in that game was incredible. And I think, you know, it was a pretty different experience for me to be on the, you know, in stands with the fans and kind of feel that energy and, and see, you know, such a high caliber game from a totally different perspective. You know, I'm used to being on the field or, or right up close to the action. And so to be with the fans and be in, in that type of the energy, uh, it was it was a different experience for sure. All right. And, of course, you, you got to go to the Champions League final in Kiev, Ukraine. Uh, that was last week, obviously. It was a 3-1 victory for Real Madrid over Liverpool. And, uh, I, look, I, I, did, I didn't watch the game, but obviously seeing highlights and, and reading about it. And you must have been... Uh, I don't know because your position as a goalkeeper uh, and goalkeeping was was a pretty big uh, big part of that. How, <laughs> maybe not the, the the poor guys getting killed a little bit. You tell your story and your reaction to some of those goals. Yeah, it was that was a tough one. You know, as a goalkeeper, you feel for them, and you know everybody makes mistakes. And unfortunately, as a goalkeeper, when you make a mistake, it's it's highlighted to the max, and you know all the scrutiny is on you, and all eyes are on you, and it's replayed and replayed and replayed, and 
um, you know, that's, that's the nature of the position. You know, that's the, the risk that we take by, by being a goalkeeper. So I definitely, you know, felt for him. But, um, you know, it was a game of everything. There was, you know, some mistakes. There was some incredible goals. Um, there was some amazing play. And, yeah, just to see it all unfold and, and how it went, it was a lot of drama. And I think, you know, coming back to it, I think being a goalkeeper, you know, it's, it's tough to see that happen. And um, it's, it's going to take him a, a bit to get over that, I think. But uh, at the end of the day, I, th- I think he'll he'll come around. You heard me off the top here. We just had the Grey Cup in studio with uh, CFL Commissioner Randy Ambrosi. The Grey Cup's in Edmonton this year. And with, with the Champions League, that's a neutral site game with a pre-picked site. So it's in Ukraine. There wasn't a Ukrainian team in the game. How, how do yep. you describe the energy of the crowd, the, the partisanship? I mean, did it wind up that there's a lot of neutral supporters just picking a team? Or did, did each team wind up having a lot of fans somehow getting tickets and traveling there? Yeah, it was pretty incredible. You know, just the whole week leading up, we were there four days before because we were there for the Women's Champions League game as well. And they had, you know, this entire fan section set up and just the energy in the entire city. There's like giant Champions League soccer balls around the city, big trophies. And um, to be honest, like well, I was really surprised because I thought there was going to be a lot more Real Madrid fans knowing, you know, the legacy that they have and how big of a club they are that they've, you know, won the last two Champions Leagues and now three. Um, I really thought that there'd be more, but I was so surprised at how many Liverpool fans were there, which was really cool to see. Um, but just the energy leading up, like it seems like the whole city embraced it. And um, at the game, you know, it was pretty, they had the Real Madrid fans on one end of the, the field and the Liverpool fans on the other end of the field. And then the middle was kind of scattered with um, fans of both. And, and we were in that middle section, which is good, I think. You know, we were wearing Liverpool jerseys, but <laughs> we definitely weren't uh, the avid fans that were out there screaming and, and cursing and singing all the chants. So it was, it was cool to kind of be in the middle and, and see both and see how, the fans are really just so passionate and so into it. It's it pretty cool to see. All right. Well, great experience for, for you to take that in. Stephanie Labbe joining us on uh, Inside Sports, former goalkeeper for the Canadian uh, women's soccer team. Now, what what's going up uh, on with you here? Uh, I mean, I know we had you on a few weeks ago about that, that, that situation with the men's team. We don't need to, to rehash that. But are there any opportunities uh, simmering here? Are you on a roster? What's going on, Stephanie? Yeah, um, I'm currently signed here in Calgary with the women's semi-pro team, the Calgary Foothills. So I'll be getting in games with them uh, while I'm still here. And I'm in the process of signing a contract to go play in Europe overseas. So um, hoping to solidify that contract within the next few weeks. And in the meantime, I'll be training full-time with the men's team here and getting games in with the women's team. Okay, so uh, you're still playing, still pretty pretty busy. Um, give me a sense of... The, the professional women's scene in Europe, especially in comparison to the professional women's scene in Canada and the United States? Yeah, well, uh, the professional women's scene in Canada is non-existent. Right. Uh, so we'll start there. Uh, in the U.S., it's the league is uh, very good. There's very high-profile players, um, really high tempo, high speed of play. Um, over in Europe, it's you know, the culture of football is over there. Everybody pays attention. Everybody's passionate about football. And, and to be able to play in Europe is a totally different experience. Um, just the culture around it and the support that the teams have. And, um, you know, being able to play against European players, it's a different style of game. It's much more tactical. Um, you know, depending on what league you go to, you go to the German league and it's a very physical league, but still very tactical. And 
Um, you go to the Swedish league and it'll be similar. And then you go to the French league and it's very technical, very good players on the ball, um, like to take players one-on-one. So, you know, each league kind of offers something different, but I'd say in general, it's the culture around soccer in Europe that's um, amazing to be around and, and a really cool experience. You know, I, I may have misspoke because I, I called you a former goalkeeper for Team Canada. Obviously, you just <laughs> I'm played. It, I'm, I was letting that one. Slide. Yeah, well, no, because you know I'm, I'm looking back to 20, 2016. But what, give me a where are you in the current cycle towards next World Cup, uh, next Olympics? Yeah, we. Uh, I'm actually leaving on Monday. We head into camp on Monday. Uh, we're flying to Toronto. We have a game coming up against Germany on June 10th. Uh, so be looking out for that one. It'll be on TSN2, I believe. Um, so yes, we'll have that game against Germany, another prep, and then um, one or two more camps this summer. And then we have our World Cup qualifying in October. So that's kind of the big focus right now and the big prep. And um, getting ready for the World Cup next summer. Right. Okay. So still a lot going on with the with that. Obviously, you got to qualify this fall, and then the tournament is next summer. And yep. this will be well the first one since it was right here in Canada in 2015. Right. Where's the 2019 yep. one? Yeah, it'll be in France. Okay. So a really cool environment to to play football. I mean, you can't get much better than that. Okay. Now, how many how many goalkeepers uh, will Canada carry? Because that's one of those positions, right? They're, I mean, you can have yep. a few midfielders on there. When you're the goalie, there's only one one person in the net per game. So give me a sense of the competition you're facing and who else is around. Yeah, for sure. Um, as you said, only one's on the field. But uh, for a World Cup, it's uh, we take three goalkeepers. And then in Olympics, it's two goalkeepers and an alternate. So it, it gets pretty tight in there. And it, it's, it's fighting for those spots. But um, feeling good right now about my play. I know I've put myself in a great position to develop this year and and be at the the peak of my performance. So I'm just hoping to to continue to grow and continue to to rise on the platform that I'm already on. Uh, all right, uh, Stephanie. Whenever we talk, uh, because I, I love this part of your story too, is a lot of the work that you do uh, off the field, especially working with uh, uh, with younger women, younger females. Just whether it's uh, you know, to reach their potential, to be confident, uh, you know, in sports or whatever walk of life uh, they want to get, they want to pursue. Uh, what are you up to in, in terms of that? Where can you direct people to learn more about some of those uh, endeavors you're involved in? Yeah, it's, it's a tough one right now just because of all the travel and, you know, with possibly heading overseas. But I always like to run goalkeeper camps. Um, anytime I'm running them, I, I throw it up on my website at uh, Uh So that's definitely where you can follow uh, in terms of my soccer camps. And, um, I'm in the process of starting up a, a fund as well for back home and in the Parkland area where I'll be giving out grants uh, to, to young kids aspiring to to pursue their athletic uh, potential and, um, you know, ones who, who may be struggling and not able to afford registration or a flight to go to a professional tryout or, or whatever it is, we'll look at the details. But I'm in the process of starting that because I really want to help give back to the community that gave so much to me yeah well well said i know i know you're great at doing that well steph thanks for coming on the show it's always good to catch up with you thanks for filling people on on the excitement of uh, going to attend the champions league final in kiev and all the best here with the national team of course we'll be uh, tracking everything as you move closer towards the world cup we'll do this again soon okay thanks for coming on sounds good thank you so much for having me Stephanie Labbe checking in tonight, Inside Sports on 630 Chet. So, uh, yeah, great 
great goalkeeper for Canada. And yes, she is still on the national team. That was my mistake when I called her a f- former member of the team in the Olympics for three years ago. I tend to forget what's going on. Uh, bronze medalist with Canada at the Rio Olympics. All the best to her. Inside sports on 630 Chet, we have the uh, Eskimos game coming up tomorrow at Winnipeg. It's going to be a 5 o'clock countdown to kickoff, a 6.30 kickoff here on 6.30 Ched. Morley and Dave will have the play-by-play and the description. Morley's going to come up at 7.30. I'll tell you what, Mike Riley not playing for the Eskimos. Zach Klein going to get some time at quarterback for the green and gold and remember he looked pretty good he looked pretty good for the Eskimos on Sunday against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders uh came into the game after Danny O'Brien O'Brien struggled Klein looked a a lot smoother a lot more competent you'll hear from Zach Klein when we get back you're listening to 630 Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins Really appreciate you tuning in tonight. CFL preseason action right now in Ottawa. Red Blacks leading Montreal 14-6 early in the third quarter. Was that my first Red Black shout of the new season, Kellen Kennedy? I believe it was. I think it might have been. All caps. Actually, I got someone really mad on the text line a couple of years ago that the... uh, the all caps they insist in typing their name in does, is not, has nothing to do with the volume. It's just for emphasis. But I, I think it has everything to do with the volume, Kellen. Well, that's like if I had yeah. if if I emailed you something, and I okay. So let's say I sent you an email and just said, "Hey, Kellen, um, just wondering if tonight, if uh, we can end the show 15 minutes early. Thanks, Reed." And I typed it to you in normal font. Right. You'd probably be like, uh, "Hey, Reed." got your email we can't we got to go till eight but if i sent you an email in all caps that said hey kellen wondering if tonight we can end the show 15 minutes early thanks reed you'd think oh my god something's up i gotta go find out is reed okay well maybe uh, we do need to end the show 15 minutes early either that or you'd be like why is he shouting at me yeah either that or i thought that the email was not from you but from jeff reinbold because he that's uses right. all caps he on twitter tweets. a lot he, jeff reinbold he's a fun right. follow on twitter he's amazing he, yeah he is pretty good we thought remember we had him on yep who's it was john chick he drove john chick's stuff across the country from hamilton correct remember yeah. I think Reinbold got let go by the Tiger Cats. Chick got traded here. And Reinbold, that was a great segment when we had him mm-hmm. on the show. I think he was just driving through uh, western Saskatchewan. I think he was just coming into Alberta when we had him on the show. So that was that was pretty fun. Uh, we had a great segment the other night with Dave Proctor, mm-hmm. the ultra-marathon runner who's starting June 27th, will run across the country to raise money for the Rare Disease Foundation. His nine-year-old son, Sam, has a very rare disease, one of only five people in the world with this disease. Uh, That was between 7 and 7.30 on Tuesday. If you listen to that, I I hope you liked it. I really like doing the interview. If you ever miss anything, you can sign up for the Inside Sports podcast on iTunes. Go to the Inside Sports page on 630ched.com. has uh, all the stuff there from past shows. Speaking of which, we should follow up on something here. We've got a loose end. How did your parents' garage sale go, Kellen? Oh, did it wrap up well? Yeah, we wrapped really well. We got rid of a lot of stuff, so that was good. So, <laughs> Did you did you make any money? Uh, a few bucks. A few bucks. I guess you don't really profit from a garage sale. No. Because you're selling stuff at one point you probably purchased, or maybe it was given to you. I tell you what, I'm happy with the extra space I got now, though. It's nice. 
Like, what, were your parents, like, keeping all their clutter in your room, or what? No, no, this, the, all the stuff that I got rid of, so. Oh, you got rid yeah. of some stuff personally so, at your parents' garage. That, yeah. so. Okay, sorry. All, all the stuff that I got rid of, I'm I'm happy it's your gone. Your parents so. let you contribute your stuff to the garage sale. Absolutely. What, you sell, like, some Corey Hart tapes? Yeah. <laughs> so, so, some Sigourney Weaver posters. So, so, some hardbound leather books, some, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but you, I hope you kept your tweed jacket with the leather patches on the elbows. Oh, I'm never getting rid of that. Leatherman all free. <laughs> the uh, NBA Finals are underway. Cleveland leads Golden State 18-15 halfway through the first quarter. So somebody said the other day, the NBA Finals, they're referring to all the games separately. Right. So it's finals, mm-hmm. whilst the NHL has the Stanley Cup final because they're just referring to the series. Which, to be honest with you, I must be pretty dumb because that still didn't make any sense to me. To me, you would just refer to the series and you'd call it the NBA final, like the Stanley Cup final. It's confusing. <laughs> well, I think... I think I'm making it confusing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's as confusing as we're making it out to be, but we're doing a good job. The Big L says, Reed, you were sitting so close to the Grey Cup. Where would you rank it amongst sports trophies? And what's the least appealing? Some of the U.S. college trophies are simply awful. For sentimental reasons, I like the Stanley Cup, but consider Wimbledon's singles trophy very tasteful. Shapovalov's name would look great on it. That is from the Big L. Big L, I'm going to be honest with you. This is the great thing about doing the show. Sometimes you never know what you're going to be asked. I had never thought about the aesthetic value of sports trophies and which one I find the most attractive. What I like about this, this Grey Cup and the Stanley Cup is that it's the same, and I know there are, you know, a couple versions of this and all that stuff, but it's it's the same one, right? The whoever wins the Grey Cup this year will be lifting the same Grey Cup that Toronto lifted last year and Ottawa the year before, and so on and so on. Right, Stanley Cup, same deal. Uh, I I don't know about the history of all the European trophies if they're if they make new ones every year or if it's the same one. And and I like the tradition. Because the Lombardi Trophy... That's a brand new one each year, That's a brand new one every year. It's the the little football on the little pedestal. And I also like the tradition, specifically in hockey, in the NHL and and the CFL. Does the CFL still do it? That a a player is the first one to touch the trophy. Yes. Right? I believe so, yeah. The captain gets it. Uh, and a lot of times in, uh, I think in baseball and the NFL specifically, I think the NBA might do it as well. They give the trophy to the owner. Now is the World Which Series. I understand the owners, the, the, the World Series, they still do in the locker room, don't they? Yeah. I was just going to ask about the trophy. Is that the same trophy that just, uh, the teams win year from year? I don't or is that think a so. I think it's a new one every year. Okay. Yeah, with all the pennants on it. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think that's a different one every year. But it, it's, I, I like that the CFL and the NHL do it on ice, on field, right after the game. And, uh, you know, it's often a player that gets to hoist it up first. That's pretty cool. Morley Scott's going to join us after the 7.30 news. Eskimos at Winnipeg tomorrow. Want to remind you that some guests on the show get gift certificates to Northern Chicken, bringing down South Comfort Food to Edmonton with Southern Classics and other tasty treats. Salivate over the menu at NorthChickenYEG.com. Find them at 124th Street, 107th Ave.
This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. minutes left in the first quarter game one of the NBA finals Cleveland up 24 23 on Golden State CFL preseason tonight Montreal at Ottawa 14-7 Ottawa leading halfway through the third quarter Edmonton prospects home opener at Remax Field bottom of the second inning prospects trailing the Lethbridge Bulls 1-0 the Stanley Cup final will resume on Saturday Vegas at Washington. So, of course, back in 1997, we had uh, this. Rebound! Oh, Curtis Joseph just made a harrowing save off of down Joe Newendike. How did he make that save? And last night, we had this. And a pucked up Dan Holtby watching a bad bounce out of the corner and a shot and a save made by Braden Holtby. Oh, my! As Alex Tuck was robbed on a puck that came bouncing out of the corner and Washington by a whisker still on top with 159 to go my goodness Braden Holtby outstanding save by Braden Holtby keeping Washington in the lead they would hold on for the final couple minutes and they would win as we bring in Morley Scott play-by-play voice for the Eskimos here on 630 Chet and of course you were sitting next to Rod Phillips for that call of the Cujo save in 97 Morley yeah, it was a great save. And, of course, just moments later, uh, Todd Marchant in overtime, right? Scored the game winner. Uh, I remember I remember the call by Ralph Strangis, who was doing the Dallas Stars call, uh, play-by-play at that time. And then as Cujo made that save, Strangis' call was, oh, you've got to be kidding me. Uh, it, it was shocking. It was a great save. That was a great save last night, too. That was you know, at the, the, the time of the game it was at, the score of the game, the fashion of the save was made, that was just fantastic. I, I know f- there's been some discussion last night and tonight, especially here in Edmonton, since, the, you know, that was an, an Oilers save. W- uh, which save was better? I mean, athletically, uh, they're probably pretty much even. I, I, I mean, I would, I would tend to give a save in the Stanley Cup final more weight. Uh, having said that, that was Game 7 overtime when Cucho that's made the right. save. Yeah, that's there's a big difference there. I mean, if, if he doesn't make that save, it's only a tie game. If Kuja doesn't make that save, the season's over. Yeah. Yeah, pretty incredible stuff. Uh, Washington and Vegas now tied 1-1 in their best of seven. The Eskimos, their second and final preseason game tomorrow is on 6.30. Ched from Winnipeg, 5 o'clock countdown to kickoff. Game's going to start at 6.30. You and Dave Campbell will have the call. Morley, uh, the Eskimos uh, lineup. How can I put this? Perhaps will not be quite as potent as what we saw on Sunday at Commonwealth? Perhaps. Perhaps. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's, you know what? It looks a lot like the lineup that was uh, that was here last year for the preseason game as well. The, the Eskimos did the exact same thing last year. And I kind of like it. I, like the, I think that your star players should play in your home game during the preseason. And, uh, you know, when you get to the road game, that's when you put the guys in who are on the bubble, who are fighting for jobs as a backup and whatever. I mean, uh, there's not very many starters in the lineup uh, tomorrow for the Eskimos. As I'm looking at uh, my depth chart here, I see David Beard's on the offensive line, but he's playing at center tomorrow, and he'll be playing uh, uh, as one of the guards when the season begins. Uh, on uh, on offense, there's not, there's not much there that we'll see in the starting lineup uh, on defense. Uh, Alex Bassey's going to play. Mike Moore is going to play. Jake Sorensen is going to play. Uh, other than that, 
as far as starters go, there's there's not much to choose from. But I think it's going to be cool to watch some of the battles. I mean, Arjun Colhoun's going to play. He's in a pretty good uh, battle for that uh, cornerback spot with Jordan Hoover, who's just had a tremendous training camp. Uh, that battle up for those inside defensive line spots are really heating up, too. Uh, Ceresna and Moore looking for a chance to play beside Almondo Sewell on a regular basis. And the O-line battles, too, uh, they've got to figure out who's going to play at that right tackle spot. Uh, Kevin Palmer's going to play there uh, tomorrow night to get things started. Uh, uh, Draham's going to play at the left tackle, but that, of course, is going to be Colin Kelly's spot, so he's kind of auditioning for the right tackle spot by playing at the left tackle spot. So, yeah, there's a few spots to be uh, to be ironed out, but uh, mostly it's just to give some guys a chance. I'm, Reed, I'm looking forward to seeing Zach Klein play. Uh, we have seen him in three preseason games now, just in limited time. He came in, uh, you know, you remember last year at Commonwealth, right? He came in for one series. He needed one play through a 90-yard That's right. pass to Duke Williams on the first time he touched the ball in a CFL game. Then he went to Winnipeg last year, and he engineered uh, three touchdowns and a field goal in the fourth quarter and a two-point convert on one of the touchdowns to come back and tie the Bombers uh, at 38 each in that preseason game. And then last week he had two series on Sunday and scored one touchdown in one of, on one of the series. So he's been pretty good, uh, pretty impressive coming off the bench. I'm really looking forward to seeing him play for a longer stretch of time, seeing him start the game, and get an opportunity to read some defenses, to settle in and kind of get into a groove. So he's kind of the guy I'm really looking forward to seeing tomorrow night. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And, and clearly he looked better than, than Danny O'Brien, who got to play ahead of him in, in the game and was ahead of him on the depth chart last year. But I know the Eskimos seem to like Klein a lot. And, and look, it's Riley and Glenn as the first two quarterbacks. Yeah. So Glenn's fighting to be number three. But... Uh, you, you got to think the pressure's on O'Brien whenever he gets into the game because he didn't make much happen on, on, on Sunday. No, and, I, and I know he appeared mad at his receivers a couple times, but but yeah. still, you got to iron it out and make a play. That's the whole thing. And I and I talked with Jason Moss about that. And he said, yeah, he had his receivers weren't lining up properly, and he had to spend. You know, quarterbacks get three, four, five seconds of valuable time to read the defense after the huddle breaks, and he had to spend that time telling his receivers that you're in the wrong spot, you're supposed to be over there, you're supposed to be back there, you know, telling the running back you're supposed to be on the other side of me. So to a certain extent, that didn't help him, obviously, but he didn't follow it up with good play after that as well. So the, both things are to blame for, for the reason that he didn't put up very good numbers on Sunday. So, yeah, he's, I think the pressure's on him to produce and, and to show that, uh, that he still belongs. You brought up Jake Ceresna. Now, that was the Odell Willis trade, right? Jake came from Ottawa. Yeah. And then Ottawa yep. flipped uh, o- Odell to, to BC, obviously. To me, Ceresna's an interesting guy because he's, he's on the interior of the D-line. And I wonder if that's one of those positions, Morley, where where fans don't notice until after a game. And it might be like, oh, geez, the other team only rushed for 60 yards. I wonder. Because he's not he, – he's, he's, correct me if I'm wrong, but he's not – He's not a sack getter so much, right? He's more of a plug up the middle type guy, or, or who is he? Yeah, exactly. Especially at six five and almost three hundred pounds, very oh, much so. And okay. I mean, you you put him beside Elmondo Sewell, and that's that's tall and that's wide in that middle there. I mean, you know you know how big uh, Sewell is. So yeah, that's that's an important piece. And 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 he's been pretty. He's had a pretty good training camp. I know. Uh, coaches have been pretty impressed with him so far uh he was okay he was he was he was all right in that first preseason game so he's going to get a chance to start and get a chance to play a little bit longer in this uh, in this game tomorrow here in winnipeg so yeah he's another guy and he's he's going to be on the team 
but it, it, he's kind of battling with Mike Moore for the starting job. The, the defensive line usually does that three-man rotation, three guys at the ends and three guys in the middle, and they just kind of rotate through. But two guys obviously play more than another guy, and he's he's in a battle with Mike Moore. And, uh, you know, you got to put Mackey in there as well. He's been, surprisingly, he's been pretty good in this training camp, and, and they're battling it out for that, that spot beside Elmondo Sewell on the inside. Okay, is, is uh, G- uh, Gerald Rivers going to play? Yes, he is. Gerald Rivers is going to play. He's not going to start. Uh, Alex Bassey's going to start at that defensive end position, but Rivers is going to play. And there's there's another guy, right? There's an old saying, and I remember Glenn Sather saying this uh, a long time ago when he was talking about, uh, I think he was talking about Doug Wade at the time, and he said, is he a guy who gets 100 points or is he a 100-point guy? So, you know, you got to do it every day, right? you got to be consistent. That's the thing. And Gerald Rivers, now he got everyone's attention with the two-sack performance, back-to-back sacks on those plays. Now you have to come out and do it again. I talked to him this week, and he was pretty happy with his performance, mostly because he is coming off a pretty major injury. He was telling me they he, they had to fix his hip, and they had to actually go in and, and break his pelvis to fix his hip and get it back into place. So he's coming off some, some pretty major surgery, some pretty major work on his hip, and he uh, hasn't played. That was the first game he's played in two years on Sunday. So he was pretty happy just that he was able to get back on the field. He was thankful that he can get back on the field and play. So now, you know, he's back, he's played, he played well. Now he's got to take it to the next level. Now he's got to prove he can do it again. Well, and you know, I love the the, the rush end position. And I, I still think, I know you and I debate this, I still think after quarterback, a rush end is the second most important position in the CFL and Cavis Reed had that stat a few years ago that it's something like if you get a sack, it's over ninety-five percent that the other team doesn't get a touchdown on that drive, right? Yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. Sacks, if you especially if you compare CFL to NFL, sacks means so much more in the CFL because it takes away it gives you now you've got you get a sack on first down now whatever the loss is if it's five yards seven yards whatever it is now it's second and seventeen and you have to produce you really put pressure on the offense and of course you know it's a throwing down at that point and then you can really pin your ears back on the defensive line and go so uh, you're right that defensive end position uh, is important getting sacks is important getting pressure is important in the CFL because of the because I think of the three down situation you only got two chances to move the ball before you have to kick it and if you take one of those away with a punt knock the team back a few yards it makes it so much tougher Morley I'm looking forward to your call tomorrow thanks for taking time out of your prep to come on the show buddy Always a pleasure, Rito. Morley Scott, play-by-play voice for your Edmonton Eskimos here on 6.30. Chad, he'll be on at 5. He and Dave with the countdown to kick off tomorrow. Game at 6.30. Eskimos at Bombers. And then don't forget Eskimos Fan Day coming up on Sunday, June 3rd at Commonwealth Stadium. And Morley and Dave will broadcast from that from 3 to 4 p.m. Michael from Whitecourt has texted in. He says, hello, Reed. Did you hear Brian Hall's opinion of Holtby's save? Said it was no big deal. Said the guy basically shot it into his stick. Uh, Michael says, nothing against Brian, but that was a heck of a save. That, that was a heck of a save. It's the goaltender's job to take away as much of the net as he possibly can. And Holtby got as much as he could across. Now, Tuck, would have he loved to raise it? But he's got to shoot that as quickly as possible. He's going in fast. If he stops it, he might be behind the net by the time he's able to get a shot away. So I, I know what you're saying. Sometimes a guy will shoot it back into the goaltender, but rolling puck, he fired it as quickly as he could. Hope he did a great job getting anything, stick, arm, whatever he could in the way. That was a, a phenomenal save, 100%. It is 7.45. 
Kellen, should we give something away? Let's do that. We can give four things away. So next Saturday, June 9th, and we had uh, Gordon McCrory from the Canadian rugby team in studio on Tuesday. Gordon and his Canadian teammates will be playing Scotland in a friendly at Commonwealth Stadium, 7 o'clock next Saturday. We have four tickets. We have four tickets to give away. 780-496-0063. Should we do a live on-the-air trivia question? Why don't we do that? Sure. Four tickets to the rugby game. You got to come on live and ask a uh, answer a trivia question that I will throw at you. I was going to say live on the radio. We're asking the questions. They have to give us the answer. Not yes. I won't make it over. Questions. I won't make it overly difficult. Okay. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We're back with that and Zach Klein after the break. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on six thirty Chet. That's great. So that is the uh, theme song from the television show Family Ties. Oh, okay. So, Kellen, we, we just decided, spur of the moment, that we were going to do a trivia question to give away the four tickets to the rugby game next Saturday, Canada-Scotland, mm-hmm. at Commonwealth Stadium, 7 p.m. on June 9th. So I needed a trivia question, and uh, I'm currently reading the book Ready Player One, which is a really cool book. I haven't seen the movie. The book, the book's really cool if you're a kid of the 80s like me. I saw the movie. So it's awesome. Family Ties is referenced in the book. So I thought we'd do a Family Ties-related trivia question as we're going to bring Doug onto the show. Hi, Doug. You're on with Reed. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Have you ever listened to Inside Sports before? Oh, a few times. So you know it's not always serious then? Not always serious. I thought you were actually going to ask me a question of when Brian Hall started on the radio, and I was, <laughs> I was kind of thrown off. <laughs> That's great. I couldn't, couldn't go back that far, so I was, you know, anyway. There we go. All right, I think this one is uh, pretty easy. Uh, I'll ask you this, Doug. Are you uh, over 40 or under 40? Over 40. Okay, as am I. So you remember Family Ties on TV, the star Michael J. Fox. What Canadian city was Michael J. Fox born in? Uh, Vancouver. What Alberta city was Michael J. Fox born in? Edmonton. Yes, Doug, you won the rugby tickets. I thought you were going to, maybe it was Meredith, Meredith Baxter. Meredith Baxter, Bernie was on the show. Uh, Michael Gross played the dad. Okay, I should have asked you this one. What, uh, what movie franchise has Michael Gross made his own? They're still making these movies. Do you remember Tremors? Yes. With the big giant worms? Wasn't that that Kevin Bacon that was in the first one? Yes, but I I think Michael Gross played the the gun enthusiast, and I think he's still making Tremors movies. But Kevin Bacon was the star, yes. Reed, we just made made everybody except for us turn our radios off. (laughs) That's okay, Doug. Hang on the line. Kellen's going to take down your info, okay? 
That is uh, Doug with a little bit of 80s trivia. That was uh, that was awesome stuff. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. All right, uh, back to the football. Zach Klein will start at quarterback for the Eskimos tomorrow. Spoke to Dave Campbell. Last time I started a game was in college. Uh, it was uh, our last game against San Jose State when I was playing for Fresno, and then the only other time was against uh, Hawaii for Fresno, and that's it. So, uh, but you know, played in a bunch, came in off the bench pretty much my whole college career, yeah. and uh, you know, it's nothing else. Starting the game and coming off the bench, it's all the same thing. You got to do your job. So, yeah. um, it's definitely cool, but. Uh, you know, I'm really uh, thankful, and our guys are ready. And but again, you know, it's nothing, nothing out of the ordinary, nothing crazy. And yeah. You just got to do your job, get it back there, and sling it. So there's not kind of a different kind of pressure starting a game comparing to coming off the bench because when you come off the bench, you kind of you you're, you you see the game before you enter it. Yeah, you definitely see the game a little bit, get the speed, but you also get kind of tight. You know, you get mm-hmm. get anxious, you get, and then the game goes, and you have to kind of warm back up again. So you don't get the luxury to kind of get in and, you know, mm-hmm. get rolling when you're hot. Um, that's one thing I'm excited for, you know. And uh, But for the most part, I'm uh, just excited to get out there and, and, and show what, you know, our guys can do and show our preparation and, you know, really just do the job that I'm told to do and yeah. complete the ball, right? You know, that's what the quarterback's supposed to do, so. You're yeah. going to see some of their starting defense, or if not all of it, to begin yeah. with, too. That's another test, right? Well, of course, yeah. You know, um, that's definitely going to be co- fun and yeah. cool. Uh, you know, throw anything at us. You know, I'm, it's just a game. So, you know, just got to, you know, watch your film and, and, and know your plays and go from there. Just do your job. Your second year in in this system in with this team in this camp, how much I guess more comfortable do you, do you feel? A lot more, a lot more, definitely. I uh, last year, you know, I came in as a rook and uh, you know accepted all the rookie uh, rookie things, and uh, but I learned a lot. I learned a lot from Mike. Learned a lot from James, and um, used that in the off season and and definitely studied. I prepared as if I was going to be traveling and playing. You know, all last year, even when I was staying home and it was a away game. Um, I think that really did help because, you know, it, it, it forces you to, uh, you know, keep sharp even though your name isn't being called and, you know, you're not a major priority in whether you know the book. But the thing is, though, if I didn't do that, then I wouldn't be in the spot where I am right now and, and given the opportunity right now. So uh, I feel really comfortable in the reads and in, in the timing and everything and just kind of the verbatim of how we, you know, run our offense. Is, that's the biggest thing is, is it's a different vocabulary. It's a different way of talking. It's a lot different than college, and it takes a while to learn. And, you know, my uh, preparation and hard work, that's the one thing I've always been really confident in is, you know, not just playing with heart and passion and, and, and you know, all that stuff, but, you know, working hard and, like, really studying as if it's as if it's a class. So that's the two things that I've always felt really confident in. I'm going to prepare better than, you know, just as much as Mike or any of those guys because I've got to learn from those guys. Yeah. Funny how it works out. Last year in Winnipeg, you, you played a strong fourth quarter, earned a job. And you get a chance to in the same place where you yeah. where you earn that job. Yeah, uh, that's a, a really good, a little earlier, but yeah. a, a good memory and maybe a place where you you go. Hey, it's all kind of coming back to you. The the, the memory of that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, um, 
it's it's familiar. It's a good spot. Uh, it's loud. They have great fans. Um, you know, it's all. But at the same time, it's 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 all just uh, really. It's just practice, but with more people at practice, I guess you could say. <laughs> uh, you, you know, you have less room for error. But that's the mentality. You know, staying staying nice and just uh, doing my job. You know, I'm I'm definitely excited though. It's going to be fun. The guys are really excited. You know, kind of our. You know, it's obviously our last preseason game, but uh, you know, the guys are really excited to see what they can do, and and as as am I. So. That is Zach Klein. He'll start at quarterback tomorrow for the Eskimos preseason game at Winnipeg. It's on 6.30, Chet. 5 o'clock countdown to kickoff. Game at 6.30. 2 o'clock tomorrow, Grey Cup tickets go on sale. Special event at Commonwealth Stadium from noon to 4. I'll be down there broadcasting, and the Grey Cup will be there if you'd like to see it. Get a picture. 44-40, Cleveland leading Golden State. Halfway through the second quarter, Game 1 of the NBA Finals. At REMAX Field tonight, Edmonton prospects opening up their season top of the fourth they trail Lethbridge one nothing thanks a lot to Kellen Kennedy our studio producer Dave Campbell is the producer of Inside Sports thanks to Donkey who texted in reminding me that Reba McIntyre was also in Tremors the greatest giant worm movie of all time 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad